Hello and welcome to Curdled Ink, one woman's tirade against poor writing and problematic romance. My name is Lee and this is episode 18, chapter 18 of Fifty Shades of Grey. As usual, content warnings will be in the episode description and of course if I miss any, please let me know. I'm happy to go back and add them. And my cat is bothering me already, so this is going to be an interesting recording sesh. So we begin. Anna is at Christian's apartment. He has special orders ordered her an OBGYN to see to (laughs) start her birth control. And of course, this doctor is this like well put together blonde woman in her 40s-ish. I would just like to stop already to point out that most of the side characters in this book so far have been blonde women. And like it literally calls it out, like the, the narration calls it out in the book that like, wow, all of these blonde women just around Christian Grey all the time. Like, what? what's with that? Uh, I'm kind of sick of it for two reasons. One, it feels like possibly lazy writing. Like, get a different character model. Not everyone is a blonde woman, like a blonde white woman. And also, it just feels a little bit racist. Maybe not consciously. This might be some subconscious racism here, but the fact that Jose is the one and only non-white character that I can think of in this entire book so far, like including like single paragraph side characters that are just that they're just walking past in one scene. Like everyone's white, almost everyone's blonde, except for Jose. And he is literally only non-white because he is based on an explicitly non-white character from the Twilight series. And it it just it feels bad. And it's first of all unrealistic because because, yeah, okay, I know rich spaces tend to be very white. You know, a lot of rich people are white, is what I'm trying to say. But when they go out to restaurants, when they are just out in the world, like people of color exist. People of color live in Seattle. I know. I have seen them. They're out there, <laughs> you know? And and just the fact that especially they're all blonde, like all of these women are white and blonde, like it just... You know, in 2022, when there are Nazis literally, like, out there living their lives, the fact that all of these side characters are written not only as white, but as Aryan, it just, I can't help but get my hackles up about it. It feels bad. So Anna sees this doctor, they decide on a birth control method, and then on page 315, as the doctor is like walking back out to the living room because she did the exam or whatever in Anna's bedroom, the bedroom in Christian's apartment that he has designated for Anna. Page 315, she's back out in the living room with Christian and Anna, and she says... To Christian, she says, look after her. She's a beautiful, bright young woman. Christian is taken aback, as am I. What an inappropriate thing for a doctor to say. Is she giving him some kind of not-so-subtle warning? This one, I really don't know what to think. (laughs) Because... Yeah, that's kind of an inappropriate thing to say to the boyfriend of your patient who you have literally just seen for the first time. Also, yeah, it's kind of weird for this, like, normal-ass girl to have this rich-ass boyfriend who, like, pays you a small fortune to come see her on a Sunday. But also, like, sugar daddies are a thing that exist. So, I don't know, seems like probably not the first time she's 
done something like this. Or maybe it is. I don't know. But it just feels a little weird. I don't know that I'm, like, scandalized the way Christian and Anna are, but I'm also just like, why would you do that? And also from a writing perspective, like, why would you include that? What are you trying to say with that? Like, I don't think this doctor features heavily in the rest of the series as far as I can remember. So why would you give this weird-ass line to this throwaway character? I don't get it. It just feels like a weird decision all around. I don't know. I would love to hear some feedback from anyone who is listening. <laughs> Let me know what your hot take is about that line. So Christian asks how it was, and Anna makes like a quip about, she says, I'm going to have to abstain from all sexual activity for the next four weeks. And Christian's like, what the fuck? Um, and she's like, haha, I got you. And he like immediately like glares at her and gets really like threatening. And she's like, oh shit, fuck. Is, is he going to spank me again? Or like, and then he's like, haha, I got you back. And like, first of all, haha, great joke, just scaring the shit out of your partner. Really funny, great prank. Ha, 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 hmm. I've seen some discourse recently about pranks should not be scary, they should not upset people, they should be funny for everyone involved, including the person getting pranked. Otherwise, it's not a joke, it's just mean. And I am thoroughly in agreement with that. I like the idea of being pranked in some kind of way like this, where it actually legitimately scares me, is like, like I legitimately get so, so anxious about it. Yeah, so I'm, <laughs> that's not a joke, bro. That's just you being mean to your girlfriend for no reason. And also, the fact that all he has to do is like glare at her and she is immediately terrified, that's a bad sign. That's a bad sign if that's your reaction to your partner, to the person you are dating, is to be that scared of them that easily. That's, that's a yikes, folks. That's a yikes from me. So they eat lunch and then they're gonna go do a scene and I am going to read you the entirety of their negotiation for that scene. It's on page 317. Here it is. Christian says, do you want to do this? Anna says, I haven't signed anything. Christian says, I know, but I'm breaking all the rules these days. Anna says, are you going to, to hit me? Christian says, yes, but it won't be to hurt you. I don't want to punish you right now. If you'd caught me yesterday evening, well, that would have been a different story. Because remember, she forgot to email him back when she said she would. That's it. That's their negotiation. They're gonna go do a scene now. Like, I hope I don't need to tell you why that's some bullshit. Like, okay, do you want to do this? Do what? What are we gonna do, Christian? What kind of scene do you have planned for me? Oh yeah, and I guess he does mention that he's gonna tie her up and fuck her, so there's a list of things that he's gonna do. Impact, restraints, and sex. So there's that, at least. That's like the bare minimum of a negotiation. He says, I'm gonna hit you, but it's not going to be to hurt you. Okay, so what's gonna be the point? Like, what are you trying to make me feel? What are you trying to feel? How are, what's the mood we're trying to set with this scene? What's your goal with hitting me? How are you gonna tie me up? Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I have so many follow-up questions. And of course, Anna doesn't know to ask those follow-up questions because she hasn't even societally been taught the basics of like communication around sex, let alone negotiating pre-kink scene. And Christian is just putting in zero effort because in his world, a scene is whatever the dom feels like doing in the moment and there's no need to check in with the sub or ask permission or, you know, not, I don't know, I guess if you say ask permission, it sounds like kind of subby in a kink context, but like no need to check in with the sub, no need to negotiate beforehand, no nothing. Like negotiation requires, it should be a whole conversation. Like it doesn't need to be like a half hour long conversation, although maybe it should be in their case because they really have not played together very much, but you should at least be comfortable with what to expect, with what kind of mood you're trying to set, with what both the dom and the sub want to get out of that scene. Like those should all be things you touch on before you go into the red room of pain as Anna is going to be calling it for the rest of the series. Oh yeah, okay. One more quote before we get to the actual scene. Page 318. Christian is saying, one of the reasons people like me do this is because we either like to give or receive pain. Is this the first time that he has mentioned the person on the receiving end getting anything out of kink? Like explicitly mentioned that the sub might enjoy doing this for its own sake? Because I think it might be, which is a problem. <laughs> Anyway, we either like to give or receive pain. It's very simple. You don't, as in you don't like to receive pain, so I spent a great deal of time yesterday thinking about this. Anna asks, did you reach any conclusions? And he says, no, and right now I just want to tie you up and fuck you senseless, yada yada. So that should not be a conclusion that he's reaching on his own. Because here's the sitch. Christian likes to give pain. Anna does not like to receive pain. So that's kind of a thing where they're gonna have to figure out how to mesh their two preferences together into kink scenes if they want to play together, right? So that should not be something that Christian is just pondering on his own and then coming back to Anna and saying, okay, this is how I figured out we're gonna, you know, deal with this. This needs to be a conversation. It probably needs to be an ongoing conversation, like for a while as they play together, as they get to know each other more, as Anna gets to know her preferences more, because again, she really knows very little about kink and what she even might possibly want to try with kink, right? So this really, really needs to not be a unilateral decision on Christian's part. Once again, the sub really, really needs to have input on stuff like how we're going to handle pain play over the course of the rest of our relationship. You know what I'm saying? So they go into the playroom and first of all, he like undresses her and he says, I'm reading so many fucking quotes because I just can't with this guy right now. Page 319. He says, I want you to be comfortable with your body, Anastasia. You have a beautiful body and I like to look at it. It's a joy to behold. In fact, I could gaze at you all day and I want you unembarrassed and unashamed of your nakedness. Do you understand? Anna says yes. 
he says, do you mean that? She says, yes. That's his um, attempting to help his girlfriend be more body positive about herself and feel better about herself. Uh, <laughs> and I just have to laugh because, you know, this is one of those things where, like, maybe hearing that from your dom would genuinely help you. Maybe that's the tone of voice that you need to hear from your dom to feel better about yourself. And maybe in that moment you're able to just be like, okay, yes, sir, uh, my dom says I need to feel better about myself, so I need to feel better about myself. And if that's you, that's great. No hate, no shade. You do you. I'm super happy for you that you have that and that works and helps you with your body image. That's fantastic. That would absolutely not fucking work for me. <laughs> and I just want to acknowledge that. And and I'm also going to like make an actual point here. But first, that would absolutely trigger the contrarian in me because it's so like it's so tone deaf for me. Like it's so not the way I need to be talked to when it's about encouraging me to feel better about something or to gain confidence in something. Like like it, that's so far from what I would need from my dom to like help me feel better about my body. Um, like, yeah, that's me. That's my individual thing, whatever. But also, like, Christian, again, there has not been any kind of discussion of, like, hey, I would really like to be dommy at you about loving yourself more. First of all, would that be helpful for you at all? And second of all, you know, what kind of tone of dominance does that need to be for it to work for you? Because if some dude who I barely knew came at me with that kind of tone of voice and was like, love yourself or else I will be a very upset dom at you. You better love yourself because I'm your dom and I said so. I would first of all feel very unsafe because holy shit, I literally have anxiety and depression. Some days I cannot love myself and so if I was, you know, scared of repercussions from having a bad body image day, I would break down. Um, and second of all, like in the moment, I would be pretty upset. I would be like, bro, this, you know, you know nothing about me. You know nothing about how to support to be a supportive dom for me. And you know how you find out how to be a supportive dom to your particular sub? You talk to each other. You negotiate. You have conversations. Is Christian ever going to do that? No, probably not. I don't think so. So, okay, here we go. He braids Anna's hair. He tells her, like, what he wants from her when she comes into the playroom. That, you know, how he wants her to be dressed. Where he wants her to, like, kneel and wait for him to be ready. Yada yada. And then he leaves the room. Like, he has her, like, kneel in the corner or whatever. And then leaves the room. Again, without any negotiation or checking in or consent. And I've had a big long rant about this in a past episode. So I'm not going to go into it again here, but like for some submissives, i.e. me, that's a huge fucking deal. You don't fucking leave the room when I'm feeling subby. You don't. Not unless you check in with me and like make sure I'm okay with it. Tell me how soon you're gonna be back and probably give me a plushie to cuddle. And anyway, again, he really has not played with her very much. He really doesn't know her very well. He needs to at least fucking check in before he leaves. So then he ties her up to this, like, rack on the ceiling. He, like, cuffs her to it. So she's standing there and he starts hitting her with a crop. And what order do I want to talk about this stuff in? Let's see. 
Well, okay, let me let me talk about the good moment in this chapter for once. For once, there was a moment where I was like, oh, wow. So I kind of, you kind of see her throughout this scene, like shifting into this kind of submissive headspace where at first he like gives her an order and she kind of hesitates. She has to think about it for a bit. And then the language becomes more and more like she's obeying immediately. She's obeying without hesitation. She's doing as she's told. And like, she's getting more comfortable saying yes sir and she's just like starting to embody this submissiveness and enjoy herself and enjoy the scene and that was like just this great little moment of like oh wow oh my gosh this is I can here's something that I can feel good about in this absolute train wreck of a novel like like I was happy her for her for a moment I was like see look at this you're having a good time I'm so happy for you this is like isn't submission great like it just it just made me happy for her and I just wanted to take a moment to appreciate that and like take a break from all the ranting and be like look at look at her she's discovering her submission I'm so proud <laughs> sniff wipe tear it's I'm so proud so anyway uh back to the bad shit so he's hitting her with this crop and he keeps ordering her to stay quiet like every time she makes a sound and this is like again like he he wants her to stay still he wants her to stay quiet like do you actually want her to like react to you at all or or like be an actual person at all or do you just want this object to dominate because that is a very particular kind of scene and like that's fine if that's your thing but I don't I certainly would not want that to be every scene I do and I think it would take a very particular kind of submissive to want that to be every kind of scene that they do and it's also something you gotta fucking negotiate because again that would absolutely not work for me especially if I'm being hit if I'm in an impact play scene and my dom expects me to stay quiet, I'm safe wording and I'm leaving because that is completely not the kind of scene that I want to do. You know, I mean, unless there's, you know, extensive negotiation beforehand and I decide that I want to give it a try, which, you know, I, I, that's not out of the realm of possibility. But for the most part, like part of the fun, like I guess even if it gets intense enough, like part of the my coping mechanism of being hit is to make noise and to react to it and like it it helps me it's like an outlet for when i'm trying to endure intense pain and even when it's a very like mild spanking I'm probably enjoying it in a whole different way, you know, and I'm still wanting to react to it. I'm still wanting to make noises. And if this person just randomly decided that I wasn't allowed to make noise while they hit me, I'm out of there. I'm not interested in that shit. But again, you know, my usual caveat of like, if that's the kind of scene you like to default to, and if that's what gets you off and that's what's fun for you, great, live your life. No hate, no shade. I am once again saying that there are so many conversations that Christian needs to be having with Anna that he is just simply not having. So he makes her come by hitting her repeatedly on the clit with this crop. And this is another one of those moments where I would love to hear some feedback about this from people at large, because I have my doubts about this. <laughs> I am not saying that nobody has ever come from being hit on the genitals. I have been in the kink community long enough to be pretty confident that there is at least one person and probably many people out there who have that happen or have had that happen at least once in their life. However, I have my doubts that it's common enough that Christian could be so confident that he could make it happen for Anna, who, again, he has really hardly played with at all. 
And the, like, I'm, I'm not going to read the exact quote because I don't want to find it, but he sets it up as like, you know, I want to make you come with this. And he holds the crop up and she's like, yes, please. And he's like, okay, here we go. And just the fact that they're both like, yep, that's a thing that can happen. I don't know, kind of took me back a little bit. So again, I would love to hear some hot takes. You know, you certainly don't have to share if you yourself can come from being hit. I don't, you don't have to get that personal with me. And if you really want to, please make it non-explicit unless you want to pay for a sexting session. That's all I'm going to say about that. But I just, I don't know. I don't know about this one. I, I want to hear some hot takes. Do you think that you could know someone for less than a month and figure out whether or not you can make them come from a crop? Let me know. He fucks her, cuddles her briefly, and then he's like, okay, go back over to the door, you know, like, kneel in your spot by the door. I'm not done with you. So this would be a great time for him to, say it with me, folks, check in with his submissive and figure out if, one, she had enough aftercare after that first part of their scene, where she was once again hit and then fucked hard. So, you know, maybe that little bit of cuddling was enough for her. Maybe it wasn't. You might want to check and see. And then two, if she feels up for more, because like, I get it, Christian, you're a horn dog. You want to fuck her again. You want to do more kink stuff. Maybe it's been a minute since you've had a submissive. You're eager. I get it. I get it. I get it. But it's not all about you, my man. Your submissive is also a human being with feelings and wants and preferences and desires and limits. And that human is not very experienced with doing kink scenes. So maybe that was enough for her. Maybe she needs to fucking call it a day. You gotta check. You gotta check in about all this stuff. So he comes back over. He ties her wrists together with a plastic cable tie, also known as a zip tie, which again, I have a whole rant about this in a previous episode, but cable ties, not great for use in kink scenes. They're thin, they're inflexible. So it's very easy to, like, bite into the skin, cause injury, especially because in a moment he has her stand against the bed in the playroom and, like, support herself while on, like, with her hands while he fucks her, while her her wrists are tied with a cable tie, so she's putting a lot of pressure on her hands, and yes, her wrists, and I could see that going very wrong very quickly. Luckily it doesn't, because that's not the kind of scene that the author wanted to write, but I'm just saying, in real life, cable ties are not a great option for restraints. <laughs> Like, I'm not a professional, I'm not here to say never do something, but I would personally advise that you opt for a different restraint, especially if you are in a rich guy's playroom dungeon that is just filled with other restraint options that are actually made, you know, with the intention of being used in a kink scene. So he fucks her again, and then he, like, helps her get dressed, takes her back to her bedroom, climbs into bed with her, and so she can, you know, sleep it off, because she just had a really intense experience, and she's just like, I'm fucking exhausted, I'm falling asleep on my feet here. And that's where the chapter ends. Is that, like, the most extensive aftercare that Christian does in this whole book? Probably. Like, wow, look at him, recognizing that she's, like, totally strung out on submission. 
and needs help getting dressed and needs help getting to her bed and look at him actually fucking sticking around for a while and keeping her in that safe space and not just leaving her to like figure her shit out and possibly have Subdrop alone again. I don't know if I've talked very much about Subdrop in this series so far. I will probably want to do that at some point because that's that's a reason why aftercare is fucking important because it helps ease or sometimes even entirely prevent subdrop. So yeah, good for you, Christian, for actually doing something right for once in your pathetic life. Um, <laughs> yeah, proud of you, bro. Keep doing that. Maybe you'll get somewhere. In the meantime, that is where the chapter ends. Thank you so much for listening to my latest rant. My name is Lee. You can find my non-sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash artist, And you can find my sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash candykitten. This podcast can be found at allmylinks.com slash thecurdledpod. And be sure to check the episode description for the spellings of all of those links. Speaking of which, you can also find this podcast's Patreon at that last All My Links link, where you can support the podcast monthly in return for some fun, exclusive content. And I just want to pause and, and take a note here because I've had a recent, like, uptick in listeners, which is fantastic. Hi, welcome everyone. So glad you're here. I am currently and, like, probably in per- perpetu- perpetuity, wow, accepting suggestions for like Patreon bonus stuff that you want to see because, you know, I came up with some stuff that feels doable for me and that might be interesting to people and that's what I'm offering right now. But I want to hear from you guys. Like what would make you subscribe? What would make you excited to like part with some money? in this economy. No pressure, but like definitely like hit me up on social media or at the email address that I'm about to tell you about and let me know if you have any requests or suggestions or stuff you want to see on the Patreon because I am I'm absolutely open to that. So if you have questions, comments, concerns, or want to make a one-time donation not through Patreon, you can get in touch with me at curdledinkpodcast at gmail.com. And if you can't, don't want to, or don't feel comfortable supporting me monetarily, and yeah, I get it. I know. I feel ya. Please rate and or leave a review on your podcatcher of choice, or tell a friend, write a tweet, do whatever it is you want to do to spread the word about this humble podcast. That would be so, so appreciated. Thank you. Our logo, my logo, I gotta stop saying our as if there's anyone on this production team besides myself. The podcast's logo is by Reese Jones at tearlessrainart.tumblr.com. And until next time, remember your rack. That's risk-aware, consensual kink. Bye! There's no room for you up there, cat. Hello, why is my video not working? There we go what I need. I have lipstick on my teeth on camera. I just realized. Fuck. Check in with his submission. Jesus Christ, I'm losing my words. That human is not very, um, I just lost the word.